Welcome to Factor Magri, the climate series. This series is delving into the Hiwaka Ikanoa Primary Sector Climate Action Partnership Program. This partnership will provide a pathway to support farmers and growers to protect, restore and sustain our environment and to enhance our well-being and that of future generations. This work is being done to enable sustainable food and fibre production for future generations and competitiveness in international markets. New Zealand as a country is also bound by the Paris Agreement. New Zealand's target is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 30% below 2005 levels by 2030. This target is economy-wide, covering all sectors and all greenhouse gases. Our target will be managed using an emissions budget, meaning New Zealand is responsible for the total emissions across the period 2021 to 2030. In this series, we will be focusing on New Zealand's primary industry and its contribution to New Zealand's overall targets. In this episode, I talk with Aslan Wright-Stowe from Dairy NZ. We discuss Dairy NZ's role in this program and the development of the farm plan guidance. Let's check in with him now. Hello Aslan, thank you for your time today. Hello Angus, pleasure to be here mate. Please can you tell me about the work that you do? Yes, so I'm an environmental manager. I work for Dairy NZ. Part of the wider Hiwaki Kanoa program has meant that I'm a co-lead for the farm plan work stream. What's the intent of the Hiwaki Kanoa Greenhouse Gas Farm Plan Guidance and how does it fit into the wider Hiwaki Kanoa program? Yeah, the, the key reason for developing the guidance through Hiwaki Kanoa is to give farmers practical information to manage and reduce their on-farm emissions. So that it's been developed in a way to help farmers manage their greenhouse gas emissions, essentially by understanding their emissions profile and what contributes to it. And in doing so, it helps farmers to explore opportunities to reduce those emissions. And there's some good sort of housekeeping stuff in there as well, such as just keeping good farm records. There's also a little bit of additional stuff in terms of helping farmers to recognise, maintain and or increase sequestration on farm, which is becoming a bigger component of what we need to recognise, and also adapt to a climate change, so future-proofing stuff. The, the guidance in terms of where it goes to from here will now be adopted by a farmer's sector body or, or working with their rural professional to incorporate into existing farm plans where they exist, or, of course, be a standalone module in the event farmers haven't yet got a farm plan underway. I guess the, the key point there is that, that farmers won't need multiple plans. This is a module across the wider farming system. The guidance is available uh, already through the Hiwaki Kanoa website, and it's not overly arduous. It's around about 28 pages long, so it's a rel- and it's a relatively easy read. Now, the guidance is the first product in the program toolkit for mitigating and adapting to climate change. What else is Hiwaki Kanoa working on? Yeah, it's a good question. The, the program is ultimately, if we go back to look at the intent of the, the program, it's, it's ultimately an approach to the emissions trading scheme. And it's about the primary sector stepping up, you know, and, and taking responsibility for its emissions and contributing um, and committing to reductions to reduce those emissions. Of course, in order to do that, we need a system reporting on emissions and a mechanism for pricing so that we're incentivising those reductions. Both of these are key work streams within the Hewaka Ikanoa program, as well as wider extension work, 
um, to support and encourage the process and, and support farmers through that, improve farmer understanding and uptake, and of course, getting the guidance in this case in the hands uh, of farmers themselves. And you mentioned process. What has been the process for pulling together the farm plan guidance? Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of hard work, and but it's come together really well, to be fair. So the guidance material, or the development of the guidance material, has certainly been a collaborative effort. We had input from primary sectors, of course, across all the primary sectors. The Federation of Māori Authorities, government's been involved, of course, sciences from Crown Research Institutes and universities, all part of a wider collaborative effort to bring the guidance as it is now together. And what about farmers? I talk about this a lot. And from my perspective, this is arguably the most important component. Have farmers had the opportunity to have input into the development of the farm plan guidance? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you mentioned, you know, it's a key component. The, the input really has been more so from a user's perspective than through technical input. It came from the academics and the primary sector representatives. Farmer representatives across each sector had the opportunity to see early drafts of the guidance and gave feedback on its usability and, and actually just or not it made sense. It certainly created some lively debate uh, and actually emphasised the need for setting context for how this all works in the in the wider climate change need. And um, and the, the testing also emphasised the need for practical on the ground options that came through really really strongly. The, 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 biggest bang for buck. So what, what could farmers get out there and start doing now? What we're going to have the biggest return on investment? That stuff was, that came through really, really strongly. There was some other pretty key feedback, I thought, in terms of emphasising the need to recognise the importance of New Zealand's international brand and the value of our products on those international markets and, and those being put off the back of New Zealand's environmental credentials. So that was that was some key messaging that came through from, that, from some of the farmer testing. And whilst relatively small group with this testing, it also uh, was an opportunity to remind farmers of the commitment New Zealand has made to reduce greenhouse gases and play our part on that, that international stage. And you'll recall that the climate change Paris Agreement sets out essentially our, our agreement to reduce emissions by 30% below 2005 by 2030. We need to recognise that farmers are one part of the solution. All New Zealanders, of course, need to play their part and will, will be required to play their part. So that, again, was key messaging that came through from some of the farmer testing. Mm. Now, farm plans are increasingly being used for managing the impacts of the farming business on water quality, that's well documented. Do you see the benefits they provide for water quality translating to greenhouse gases? Yeah, totally. I, I think this is a really key point to make and I've touched on it earlier around having the one farm plan and, and, and these being modules. So, so that's really important. And with the greenhouse gas guidance, as per the freshwater guidance, the, the this module recognises the nature of each farm and their choices on how to manage and reduce emissions are best managed at that farm level, so at that more granular level. Of course, then linking through to other aspects of the farm business in an integrated way, such as water quality, is also really important to help farmers make more informed decisions uh, across the, the wider the farming business. So, so 
this the the guidance actually takes time to identify some of the other environmental benefits. So by way of example, minimise nitrogen surplus um, through the reduced use of, of fertiliser or reduced use of supplementary feed also reduces nutrient loss to waterway. So it's, it's those sorts of connections and those co-benefits have been identified through the governance itself. And we've talked about many farmers already have a farm plan. Some might be listening to this and thinking, well, I already have a farm plan. How on earth is this going to work for me? Is there a process for incorporating this new guidance into existing plans? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really important point, isn't it? You know, the, from here, we've got this new guidance. It's, it's in the greenhouse gas space. Sector bodies or all professionals to incorporate that into uh, existing guidance where that exists. So it'd be essentially a module that bolts on, if you think about it in that way. Mm. Or, of course, it'll just be adopted into new plans um, as they're developed. We know that many uh, of the industry assurance programs are already well underway. And, um, and of course, those industry assurance programs will incorporate the guidance into those, this new guidance into those. We also know that, that most of the primary sectors, if not all, have committed to all of their farmers having a, a farm plan by 2025. So the, the greenhouse gas stuff just gets added in that module mm. form um, and essentially means that farmers will end up having one farm environment plan rather than multiple different mm. uh, properties and options. And of course, the greenhouse gas farm plan aims to help farmers reduce emissions. Can you explain briefly what the key emissions are and how a farmer might go about reducing them? Yeah, it's a good point. Isn't it? it sort of brings us back to basics. We've got methane is, is the key one, um, emitted from ruminant animals and is a byproduct of the digestion process of that rumination. Most of it's burped, around about 95% of it is, is burped into the atmosphere. In terms of the, the key drivers of total um, methane emissions, it's, it's total feed eaten. It's, it's quite simple in that respect. Nitrous oxide uh, is the other key one. It comes from dung, it comes from urine patches, it comes from nitrogen fertilisers. Um, as such, the, the nitrogen content of feed uh, is it important as well as the amount of nitrogen fertiliser applied, those two being key drivers of nitrous oxide emissions coming from the farm. And then you've got carbon dioxide emissions, which really are driven out of woody vegetation on a, on a farm. So woody vegetation, as we know, captures carbon dioxide, but it also releases carbon dioxide when it's Is it important to note that energy use? So, such as electricity and, and fuel, also drives carbon dioxide emissions. But because this is already covered under the emissions trading scheme, it's not included in a greenhouse gas emissions. Now, coming back to the farm plans, the guidance talks of four good farming practice principles for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Can you briefly explain why this approach is taken and what they are? Yeah, it, it's really, it does, as the name suggests, it's a good farming practice, right? It's about understanding, it's about making a plan, and from there it's about keeping good records. So now if we take that back into the first instance, the, the, the greenhouse gas farm plan guidance will help farmers to know their uh, the greenhouse gas emissions profile and where those emissions come from. Of course, if we don't understand what we're trying to manage, 
be very difficult to do anything about it. Mm. Talked a little bit earlier about some of the other work being undertaken through the, the Wairahi Wakekanoa program. One aspect is some work to, to endorse tools that farmers can use to understand the numbers and where those emissions are coming from. And of course, the, that will be linked through into this guidance. The second principle was to essentially identifying opportunities to reduce emissions and, of course, capture carbon. There are a, a range of options. Uh, of course, not all of those options will be relevant for farms. So, so this one here is about knowing what those opportunities are, what they allow farms to prioritise so biggest bang for buck, which I touched on earlier. The third principle underpinning this is, is essentially a call to action. So it's, it's choosing the actions. So once you know choosing those action, actions to implement uh, based on the, the farming system and, and optimising the, the farming, the operation within that system. And then finally, again, I've, I've touched on the, the keeping of, of good records. And so not only does that help to inform future decision-making, currently in this farm plan process in this, this Wairahiwaka economic program, it allows for easy verification, which will be a requirement going forward. Likely, just as a, as a, a piece of relevant information there, it's, it's likely at a minimum to require the um, keeping track of, of, of livestock numbers, of course, recording the amount of synthetic nitrogen fertilizer applied each year, which in that freshwater space is something that's been implemented through um, through the freshwater reforms. In terms of that verification aspect, these uh, parts of the, the program are still being worked through, um, but of course, information will be made available through the, the Hiwaki Kanawha website as it comes to hand. And just looking at that second principle, identifying opportunities, the farm plan guidance sets out a range of opportunities for reducing greenhouse gas emissions. What are some of the key opportunities available to farmers to reduce their emissions? Yeah, if, if, we, if we come back to the gases and, and, and tackle it way to begin with, so for Anything, the farm plan guidance, as you discusses, a range of opportunities. Um, but for the most part, it's about reducing the total amount of feed eaten on a farm. A number of different ways, refining the stocking, improving animal health, reducing stock losses. Also, improving pasture and grazing management, of course, is, is important. And converting least land to indigenous, indigenous or exotic trees uh, is also a consideration where that focus is on methane reduction. What about nitrous oxide? Yeah, it's about reducing nitrogen surplus, really. So, so surplus being the amount of nitrogen input into a system minus the amount of nitrogen output. This can be done by reducing the total amount of nitrogen fertiliser that's applied. Uh, it can be done by reducing the, the supplementary feed that's imported into a farm system and can be done through reducing the nitrogen content that is eaten. You talked about improved efficiency to reduce nitrous oxide emissions. Does improving efficiency always mean a reduction in total greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah, a really important point to make, I think, and, and the short answer is it depends. It's also to bear in mind that the, the overarching intent, if we come right back to the start of our discussion, that overarching intent through Hiwaki Kanoa is to reduce the, that total greenhouse gas emission. So it's worth considering that efficiency versus uh, absolute or total emissions a little bit further. In terms of uh, absolute emissions, this is the amount of greenhouse gas 
the farm in order to, to tackle that the climate change issue and coming back to that sort of reduction in temperature rise, then uh, tackling climate change needs to reduce absolute emissions. So that's, that's that key driver. You've got emissions intensity, so that's the amount of greenhouse gas emitted unit of production. So reducing emissions intensity, of course, is an important first step for farmers to like towards reducing uh, that that whole farm, um, that the farm's absolute or total emissions. You've touched a little bit on those opportunities. Almost all of those are, that have been identified through the guidance, the farm plan guidance, will reduce emissions intensity, but many will reduce total farm emissions. So, so by way of example, improving fertility rates or uh, animal health uh, reduces emissions intensity as the farm carries fewer non-productive livestock. However, the, the total emissions reduced if the total amount of dry matter intake is accordingly also reduced. You've also talked about ways to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and the role that efficiency plays in that. What about offsetting? Can the capture and storage of carbon in vegetation and or soils be used to offset emissions that come from other parts of the farm business? It's interesting, isn't it? So at the moment, only land that meets certain criteria can be entered into the New Zealand emissions trading scheme. So need to take stock and, and, and consider this and consider it carefully with respect to the, the minimum standards that need to be met for sequestration rewards. Um, but also need to consider those against the backdrop of, of risks and benefits for entering in entering that land into the emissions trading scheme. Our suggestion through this, and, and you'll see it in the guidance there, is that uh, talk to a forestry expert before making any decisions uh, in that space. In that space, um, the primary sector is working with government through the Hiwaki Kanoa program to explore the potential for the inclusion of current non emissions trading scheme uh, plantings and, and soil carbon into farm emission calculations. So that's, that's, that's work that's in train. The farm plan guidance will be the first requirement through Hiwaki Ekanoa. What are the next steps and what timeframes do farmers need to be aware of for getting themselves a greenhouse gas farm plan? Yeah, the, the farm plan guidance will officially be launched on the 28th of March this year. So, and then from there, it's a, it's about working with industry partners, farmers working with industry partners uh, to start to, or in fact, a lot, a lot of the industry partners have already started integrating the guidance into their farm plan scheme. So that work is, is well underway. Other work through the, the Iwaki Ekanoa program will deliver uh, information on the, the measurement tools, as I've talked about, and, and work continues reporting requirements to underpin the system and, and of course, pricing options to incentivise that change. There are some legislative requirements coming, so by the end of this year, so 2021, we need, or the primary sector needs to have uh, at least 25% of farmers with a written plan in place to manage their greenhouse gas emissions. By the end of next year, by the end of 2022, all farmers need to know their greenhouse gas emission numbers. So they need to have a report with those with their numbers. And, and coming back to the farm plans, farm plan guidance, all by the end of 2025, we move from 25% of farmers to all farmers needing to have a written plan in place to measure and manage their greenhouse gas emissions. And so, of course, this is what the, the, the guidance material is all about. This is the work that we've 
we've been doing to mm. to give farmers that practical information, the tools to measure, the tools to manage uh, and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And also, as we've touched on, to maintain or increase sequestration and work that sits in the in the guidance currently and, and will be um, added to is around uh, climate change adaptation. So just equipping farmers for that for the future. So a lot of heap of, heap of work underway, um, heap of work done, lots of stuff coming. We certainly be keeping farmers up to date on progress, um, up to date information available through the um, Hiwaka Economic Programs and the, the first port of call both to access the um, the farm plan guidance, the greenhouse farm plan guidance, but also be kept up to date on work streams and the other work that's underway. Aslan, I thank you very much for your time today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank you to Aslan for his time today. The farm plan guidance is for farmers and growers to help them measure manage and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. It has been developed collaboratively by the Primary Sector, Federation of Māori Authorities, Government and Scientists from New Zealand Universities and Crown Research Institutes through the Hiwaka Ekanoa Partnership. The intention is to help farmers, growers and their advisors incorporate the management of greenhouse gases into farm planning by understanding their emissions profile and what contributes to it exploring opportunities to reduce it, and keeping good farm records. Many farmers and growers will find this process more challenging than others. I do believe this program, along with industry partners, has the primary industry in mind, and its intention is to meet those targets whilst ensuring our farmers maintain sustainable businesses. Farmers and growers, I encourage you to speak with your relevant industry rep and be part of the solution. As the backbone of New Zealand's economy, it is absolutely critical your voice is heard and your views are part of legislation changes moving forward. Thank you for listening and catch you next time on Factor Magri.